0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me,
1: Mark Olson and Mr. Luke Rogers. Hello, Luke. How are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very softly spoken to start with. This is my, uh, this is my, uh, soothing tone, soothing tone. This is my
0: radio voice. And so a goal of mine, uh, when I retire from the fitness industry is to become a radio host. So practice I mean, now. have you already retired? Well, semi-retired. It's, uh, an ongoing joke that, right. uh, yeah, perhaps I've already hung, hung you know, the traitors mm-hmm. up, but uh, we march on, we've of it's on lots of years left. So, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I'm very excited to uh, talk through the subjects we've got today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first of all, um, certain someone has uh, competed in the British uh championships last week. Um, do you want to update us on how you got on?
1: And yeah, you know, give first, a, first round yeah, round yeah, round yeah, first uh, first British in, in four years, actually, half because of COVID. Uh, which took away obviously twenty 2020. twenty. Uh twenty twenty one I skipped the British for um the worlds. Um which meant hang on. Twenty twenty was I skipped twenty twenty two, sorry, because of um right, I've messed it up. It's been four years anyway. Yeah, I skipped one because of worlds, skipped one because I just wasn't in good shape to do it. So this is the first one in four years. Um uh, and man, it was it was excellent to be back. Like I really enjoyed being in and amongst it. Uh, the standard just goes up every year, and it's just great to be a part of it. Um, I placed seventh. I was hoping for top five. I was hoping for top three. If I had a really good day, and everyone, a couple of people uh, missed miss lifts, which unfortunately they didn't. Everyone had a perfect day, and I had a I, I had an okay day. I went uh, seventh and nine. I missed one bench on technicality. Got the 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 plate stuck on the rack, which I just set up two diagonal. Uh, I then missed my last deadlift which I've done in the gym and I think I should have got it looking back it moved quite well I think if I needed it to try and gain a place but it was kind of just to solidify being in seventh I wouldn't have come sixth if I'd have got it so I think because it didn't really mean much I kind of didn't fully commit to it Um, but yeah finished with 6.35 which is 50 off my best Um, but I feel really confident now and I feel in a really good spot to to push on and yeah, I feel really, motivated moving into into pulse training at the British. That's
0: awesome, yeah. I think, like, looking at the deadlift back, it, was, it surprised me, really showed me like how, how smoothly it was actually moving. But I think probably by then, heart, you know, heart wasn't in it. There wasn't a lot to be gained from, you know, from a big grind. And you, you, know, you had a big grind in the squat as well on that last squat, which was a great, great lift. But I think... Just fantastic to be back, uh, back amongst it. I'd imagine. Like, I didn't realize it's been four years. That's crazy. And for COVID, and we're
1: well, in twenty. There was no British twenty twenty one. I, I think I skipped it because I was doing Worlds in twenty twenty one. And then in twenty twenty two, the British was pretty early in the year, and I just wasn't in good shape. I wanted to take the year completely off. Got a year out, yeah. um, and then go back up uh, quite a bit. But yeah, we're about the total was ninety four percent or ninety three percent of my best, which I was like pretty happy with. So, like seven percent off it. Yeah. It just means now as well that if I have like a good. If I have a good three months of training, I could be backing in amongst like the best numbers. Yeah, it's down to me now to to really push on. Yeah, absolutely. And um,
0: as you say, I think <clears throat> having the time off with a couple of niggles that you've had, ninety three percent yes, off your, off your best totals, like pretty, like, it's pretty pretty damn good. And I think, as you say, in the on on the day, everyone that was in and around you was just, I just hit, hit their perfect day.
1: And they would all went nine for nine and it weren't, they were they weren't coasting nine for nines they were like grinding out reps and you're like if a couple of people missed and then I maybe could have got my last deadlift it would might have been I don't think you would have been a podium but could have been like you know fifth yeah uh, but everyone just had a great day and yeah you know, that's that's what you want though in it you want to be competing against the the best people but ironically like um my my bench was the one that was miles down like my squat was twelve off my best my deadlift was like twenty something on best but my bench was like fifteen off my best which as a percentage was massive, like the squat and daily for about 5-ish percent off, um, but the, the the bench is like more than 10%, um, and just because I strained my pec in December, I just need to, to really build that up, so yeah. post-comp now, the big focus is like I'm benching first twice a week, like I'm making that a priority, doing a little bit more kind of hypertrophy training, trying to get a bit more body weight up, um, and yeah, I feel really confident, I'm feeling really good about it fantastic i think uh, that kind of could lead
0: into uh, the main topic of discussion today really in terms of um it's like you know talking a little bit about programming exercise selection um so we're going to talk about why your program might look slightly different to mine why someone in our barbell club you know one person might be doing a back squat someone else might be doing a belt squat Um so we're going to talk about the you know specifically about exercise selection Um, And that's going to link into regards to anthropometrics, so limb lengths. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about like age, um, how busy you are out of the gym, all these kind of things and how that can relate to um, exercise selection and therefore the importance of like having a good coach um, who can identify these factors and not just be like, right, well, you need a back squat because a back squat's an amazing exercise. It's like, well, a back squat is an amazing (laughs) exercise, but that might not be the best exercise for... You know someone who's maybe a you know 32 year old football player who's like you know got limited you know hanging on got limited you know doors the ankles or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and we can then sort of push into uh talking about programming but more in the micro so like when we're designing a program we work in 16 week blocks uh we tend to break those down into four sets of four week blocks uh, generally speaking um you know uh, sometimes programs could be six week blocks eight week blocks but and generally speaking, we'd look at four-week blocks, but we're going to bring that right down to like the the micro, so the weekly. So we're going to talk about like daily exercise selection, and then also weekly programming structure and how a week would look for say a powerlifter, for a general part, for a rugby player, for example. Um, so should we link this into to, to yourself in terms of now that the British is done, we're rebuilding. Is it worth just talking people through how? That
1: might affect exercise selection and how the week
0: would would look.
1: Yeah, sure. um Yeah, so the one of the big things for myself, slightly off piece, is um like I've done a fairly similar kind of structure, which is your typical powerlifting kind of structure, where you're squatting on a Monday, followed by a bench, then you you deadlift and bench. Um, I've been doing that structure for a few years now, and mentally, like I don't know, like sometimes. You're not going through the motions, but you know, you've done it a long time. It's kind of second nature. You haven't probably got that excitement that you've got when you get a new training program. Um, So, the big thing for myself was just like making sure that I'm feeling really motivated to be intentful with the sessions. Like we speak before about it doesn't matter if you've got the best program in the world or, you know, an okay program. The main thing is like the intent behind the programming. Yeah. Um, A lot of people are like looking for the most science backed or, you know, most individualized programming and then attacking it half assed. And you'll get someone else that's got like, do five by five or they're doing five three one and they're absolutely going hammered it and making fantastic it's progress because it's fun
0: well not necessarily even fun but it, it motivates you so it could be fun or it could be it's motivating you because i know this is what i need and i'm working towards x y and z
1: so yeah and even if they're not mar- they're just fully fully pushing it as hard as they can so if you could choose between the average program doing it as hard as possible or as intentful as possible as hard as the programming requires you to do versus someone doing the best science back program but really not pushing it, the first one's going to get the bigger results, 100%. Uh, so there was a little bit of that into it. The other one, like I said, the bench was down. So it's like, okay, squatting and then going into bench press. You know, even if, like, you work in different primary muscle groups, uh, there's still going to be that kind of overall fatigue that you're creating from doing the squats first. You're never going to go into it fully fresh. So changing the program around, so I'm benching first twice a week. Uh, so I've actually dropped the overall pressing frequency from four times a week to three. Um, which might seem a bit detrimental to the overall goal of increasing the bench but actually moving it so that twice a week I'm doing it fresh I'm fully recovered I haven't benched for a couple of days and then I've got a bit more pressing within that session I'm hoping that I feel recovered coming into it in a position where I'm able to really push hard um, and then facilitate more recovery in between the sessions to then prioritize it later in the week Um, and I think just doing it fresh is just going to change the mindset to it as well because a lot of times You'll see, like, people squatting. They've done the squats. It's hard. They take the knee sleeves off. I'm not going to say they're relaxing, but, you know, you're not doing your move with prep for because you kind of just want to push through because squats have took an hour. Uh, yeah. So I think just doing bench first is going to be massive for it, and I'm really looking forward to it. And it's been a good first week, actually, so just prioritizing it. Just prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. And I'm still squatting twice a week, still deadlifting, uh, but just trying to push bench to the forefront just a little bit more because it just needs to catch up. I'm just not good enough at bench compared to everyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just prioritizing
0: as anything. Same as anything in life, it's, uh, we've been trying to do a similar thing and it's uh, going a little bit off piece. But with business stuff, is like you know you've got a million things to do, but it's like what the priority is. Right, first thing in the day, get the most important thing done. Get it out of the way. And it's similar. To your training is like rather than you know yeah you like say go through your squats. Hard work it takes a while when you're lifting heavy weights. Obviously, like it's long and trying to get set up for a bench.
1: The, uh, saying, that's, the, that's, that's what's good. the saying the dog that chases a thousand tails catches none or catch a thousand balls I, I like that one bro. I think the simpler one's probably
0: the man who chases two rabbits catches <laughs> neither uh, but I like your.
1: That i us. oh
0: well there you go I, I can't wait to listen back to the podcast and just like listen to
1: that again that quote was going up on the wall <laughs> Chase. the man who chases cha- now, now the dog that chases a thousand tails catches none I've not heard that no one. Well, neither have so, you know, yeah, I. Yeah, just me. It's me. Yeah, i some. It's uh... <laughs> brilliant. In terms of exercise selection, man. Um, so what we talk about, if you talk about sure. your priorities, I think a big mistake that people make is when they're setting up their the structure for the training program. Just had a conversation with Barney about it actually, and he was saying, "Oh my, my squat today didn't feel that good." Uh, so really, he's on the club program. So that is your Monday heavy squat. Your Wednesday is your deadlift. They're your primary main focus lifts and then the friday he's he's kind of like it's a bit of positional work for him i think he's doing poor squats so from my perspective there you've got to keep the primary the the primary focus if all of a sudden the primary days are feeling a little bit off and that third that friday session is secondary squat day it's feeling amazing something's not right there so first off when you're talking about the programming you're trying to keep the the priority the priority and then the second lifts are in there for a reason so you want it to be that you're performing really well on your Monday and Wednesday sessions or whichever your primary sessions, your heaviest work for the week. And then your secondary days, if they don't feel amazing because you've got a bit of fatigue from those sessions, that's absolutely fine. And I think one of the mistakes people make is just trying to progress everything at the same speed. Um, so if you're trying to really push the the hard sets on your main squats and your main deadlifts and then your session three, you're also trying to push it on rather than facilitating recovery, adjusting based off the fatigue from those last two sessions. All of a sudden, that fatigue bleeds into the primary day, which then doesn't go quite as well, yeah. and then you end up chasing a thousand tails again, and, uh, and not quite getting yeah. the results that you want. Yeah. So I think when you're looking at like what should be the priority, you're trying to prioritize in your meat microcycle the main pro and then everything else is kind of then used to to facilitate the performance in that day. This is good. Yeah, we can delve into this. So in terms of we're talking about
0: the tra- the training week and how it looks, and a lot of the I don't want to say old school like powerlifting coaching but you know another way of doing it is like squat bench deadlift on one day squat bench deadlift on another day like going hard on one session going hard on the other etc etc but now what's interesting is um powerlifting seems to be taking on more of a high low model which you know we has been popularized in field sports in the last five or six years of you know okay for example um I'll use my rugby example. We've got a game on Saturday, you know, day off slash active recovery on a Sunday. Um, Monday would be, let's say, a moderate day. Tuesday would be a high day where we go hard. So it's like, you know, game day plus three. So you've got full recovery from the game by then or near enough. Um, So it's like Tuesday's your hard day. You sometimes do a double session like an AM, PM. Wednesday you'd have off. So rather than trying to, you know, push push again and okay, well, on the Wednesday, I'm going to like, I'm going to develop my speed, I'm going to develop my plyometric ability. It's like, well, actually, your nervous system's pretty shattered from a hard Tuesday. So am I better off just taking the day off and taking recovery? Uh, And then Thursday, um, you know, we would go into a very low volume, but high intensity day. Um, So high intensity, I mean, that could be not necessarily near maximal weights, but high intensity as in, you know, um, you know, reactive plyometric work, yeah. spring work, like high stress CNS work. Um, and then, you know, Friday might be like, you know, a primer and then you play on play on Saturday. So you're playing around with these like harder days, easier days. You're not going like, you know, let's say hard deadlift on a Monday, hard squat on a Tuesday, hard, you know, bench on a Wednesday or rugby equivalent, which would be, the same thing, but yeah. modifications of those movements, like a hard, maybe a hard belt squat, hard deadlift on Tuesday, a hard, you know, football bar press, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But there's more, and I'm seeing that coming more into powerlifting now, which is really interesting. And
1: our training is actually yeah. more similar than people would think. Yeah, when you look at it on the face value you might not see the similarities straight away but then you delve into it and absolutely so i think if you split your squat and deadlift program in and compare it to your bench program bench will normally own its own <clears> on <throat> its own kind of micro cycle compared to squat and deadlift which kind of wins separate because obviously squats gonna affect deadlift vice versa but bench pretty much isn't going to and really. it's not uncommon for people to be benching uh three to four times a week yeah as uh, so when you do four times a week with your bench press you're going to have like your one or two harder sessions you've got your primary bench your hardest or heaviest training might not always be the heaviest but probably the highest rp for the week you've got your secondary day which will also be a fairly heavy and then when you're getting into your tertiary and your fourth days that fourth day in particular is a primer session like you've just said for your game so first we haven't got a game the game is the competition or the heavy lifting so if you're you might be doing a heavy single the the fourth session is a primer session and it's purely in there to set yourself up for a good performance on your main bench. That's the game for you. It's like yeah. the the heavier session. This is it. Because it's a sport that's you know
0: all determined on the amount of weight you lift. You, you know, obviously, it's very important to be strong and lift heavy in rugby as well. But yeah. the the you know our score is determined on you know tries or in footballers goals. Yours is determined yeah. on the amount of weight you lift. So therefore, the heavier sessions are more important, and your might say you're doing that priming session to get ready for your big day for your yeah. for your gate
1: and the mistake that people make is that they're trying to or if you'll see people say oh my my third day might be i don't know like a light bench press or a spot it's normally fairly low volume it might still be a single but like 80 or something that's nowhere near fake and you know the the more novice people that aren't quite used to that kind of setup might be like actually this has been really static now or training block like should we swap the exercise and actually, because like I said, if you start trying to progress that back up and you might start the training block at eighty percent for a double, which is going to be super easy, if you're trying to add a couple of percent every week, by the end of the block you do ninety percent for a double, which is pretty much the same as a primary day. Yeah. So when you're just keep if you'll keep that 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 third bench or that fourth bench fairly static through the training block and just use it to then set yourself up for a good primary day, then that's gonna be better than it big ramping up and then it's starting to really affect to the primary day. And that's the same with your squats, what I said about Barney, where his Friday session is just pull squats. Um, His Monday, he's got a hard session where he does his heavy squats, and then he follows it up with some bowel squat after to get some volume in. Because for Barney, we're going to talk about anthropometrics, but he's a longer-limbed person. So for him, bowel squat's a really nice exercise that takes the load off his back and just allows him to get some more direct quad work in there. It's a lovely exercise for a tool, man. Phenomenal exercise. But then, like, that means then that he's going to be fatigued, and his Friday session has took a bit of a hit. But it doesn't matter because his performance was really good on Monday. So it's just main. Hero. You know, not trying to be a hero on the Friday is like... What is the focus of your Friday session? I'm yeah. trying to improve my technique, I'm trying to get some good exposure, to set myself back up. Sharpening he doesn't have for a... Sharpening the... He doesn't need to go up every single week. Yeah. So... Yeah.
0: Interesting. Um, and, yeah, I think that's like, again, with programming, you talk about it, it's... You know, there's the nuances are different, but the the basic rules are so similar across the spectrum for you in powerlifting, for me in rugby, for you know, for Barney and basketball, uh, for and, uh, you know, for yeah. for being just a really athletic guy, like round,
1: round athletic strong guy. You've got your high-low days. we've got our primary, secondary, tertiary days, but it's the same idea. It's the same thing. The same. Primary is the high day, the low day is your tertiary day, your secondary, I guess, would be your moderate day. That's the thing, you come in on uh, you know, rugby on Saturday,
0: you come in on Monday and you try and go really, really hard, you know, first of all, you're probably not going to be able to go as hard as you'd like anyway. Like, if you're playing a good tournament, physical yeah. performance is going to be down from the Saturday, especially at elite level. Um... So are you better off doing like, you know, it could be an upper session where it's not quite as taxing or it could be a full body and it could be a a unilateral day where the loads are less, the RPs are less. You're still working, like you're still, you're not slacking, like you're doing a decent workout, but really, you know, it's good nutrition, good recovery, good workout, but not absolutely ballsy. And then on the Tuesday, you're ready to go hard with uh, your hardest gym session of the week where we've got plenty of days still before the game on saturday you've got plenty of days with you know the the there's been since the game and you know that's and you do a normally a field session on the tuesday night as well so it's a double day hard so wednesday do you really want to come in and try and beat yourself up again and go really really hard now you know the, a lot of guys are programmed for they will do something on a wednesday still but you know it'll be low-key or it'll be day off I the third day off on a wednesday i think it works really well um and then you're fresh again. Then for the Thursday, you know, uh, Friday, nice little primer game. Saturday, and hopefully we're strong. with, you know we're maintaining strength, we're maintaining speed. Um, but we're the volume is decreasing throughout the week as we get closer to a Saturday, and volume, as we know, is the you know primary you know cause of fatigue. We're fresh for a Saturday.
1: I think a lot about like the Monday session, and when you talk about like doing unilateral work, because you could do like a squat or whatever, let's say you do a squat, you might be tired. So you said it earlier that your performance is going to be down. And I think when you talk about the mentality of that session, if you had just the normal lifts and your performance is down, let's say 10% because you are battered from from day, the mentality coming into that session is going to be so much more negative rather than just doing a unilateral session and lifting fairly well such a good point I, yeah the mentality of these kind of sessions and that's why it's really important to understand that your tertiary day doesn't have to progress
0: yeah that's a great point I think yeah you like you know well I know as a, a rugby guy it's like that Monday it's not going to go well especially as not the youngest player around like that Monday are going to be tired <laughs> you come in but you know it's not the hardest session like you know it's a doable session even if you're a bit tired you know we can hit what we need to hit I don't want to say comfortably but you know because we've got to work obviously but it's always achievable whereas if it's that monday and it's like right i'm hitting 85 90 percent i'm hitting nine up he's man, that's a mental struggle whereas i know like i can get through that monday tuesday i know i'm going to be in good shape for tuesday morning and then tuesday i've got no excuses yeah. you know it's game game day plus three i've had a moderate session on the monday like let's say you can split up as low as i'm doing that at the moment up as monday um yeah, more, more lower as tuesday although it's full really and a full thursday um and i know i can mentally get myself on for a hard tuesday that's all that's all that i'm asking of myself is a hard tuesday like it's a hard day of the week wednesday i know that that's there for the recovery so that's a nice feeling thursday is a fun session like thursday friday are fun sessions where it's like stuff i like doing low volume high intensity which is exactly what i like and then yeah and perfect.
1: The mentality thing is interesting when you talk about one argument with programming is either using a static RP model or an ascending RP model. So if like through training block going, we typically have ascended, so you go six RP, seven RP, eight RP through training block versus just doing eight RP the whole way through, um, but knowing that you're going to be not as strong a week one as week three. Well, think mentally going into that week, like if I give you a six RP after a D-Load and it's not a phenomenal performance, but you know it's a six RP with then the chance to progress through the training block would be better than doing... Personally, I think, than doing an 8-RPE and your performance being down. Like, the mentality of doing that, where it's not going to feel amazing, but you're still trying to push to an 8-RPE. I prefer the ascending, and it's kind of similar to what you've just said. Yeah, well, you know, next week...
0: We'll be better, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: interesting.
0: Um, I mean, that carries over to the structure. Of, you know, we've talked about performance there and, you know, elite-level performance. If we're talking about, um, let's say general population i don't really like the term with our guys because they're all super athletes but you know in, in terms of working you know if, if you're working an idol five for example this also carries over into that as well doesn't it with some of our barbell barbell guys of course it does so like you know for example every everyone that we're coaching we're getting a good detailed you know getting good detailed information about their background you know, what are the stresses outside of the gym? Um, What's the work like, what hours are they doing? When can they definitely train? When can they prioritise good training? Um, Some days they can get more done. Other days, other things on outside of work. And that's where, like, again, you know, with the Barbell Club especially, we're really focused on getting to know the individual, sitting down with them and working out that diary and that plan so they can be consistent and they can do their best days at certain times that they're going to get the best best performance. So, you know, as, as an example, like, you know, um, if any of the guys are, yeah, like, we've got guys with like high-end jobs, and it's just basically just organising the programming around the the day-to-day and the, the week-to-week and just, you know, keeping, uh, keeping tabs on it as well. Uh, I think that's important. And then within that in the micro like exercise selection as well should we delve into that yeah but
1: yeah well I think uh yeah the the exercise selection is really interesting I think depending on if we break it down into like the different categories if we go men and women first I always find quite interesting um because there's a lot of similarities between the training but there are like individual differences that you need to to take into account um most women get a lot higher um amount of repetitions at percentage compared to men yeah. So if uh, you look at the different kind of rep testing and research, men at 80% would get a certain amount of reps, women on average is a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of different reasons. They're not 100% sure why, I guess, but the reasons we think is like the, the fibre type distribution. And I think also on average, men being stronger, um, the absolute load on the bar might be slightly less. So I think the accumulation of work isn't quite as much. Yeah. Usually... On average, as well, women are a little bit shorter, so the height comes into account. These are all on averages, of course. We we have to stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, a lot of women that are very strong and swimming than men, but on average, the same level man versus woman of the same height, the amount of reps they would get would be very, very different. So when you, that's why we give RPs rather than percentage based in our barber club programming, um, because if we gave eighty percent three sets of five to Barney, who's incredibly tall, he's going to struggle with that session. Compared yeah. to someone that's very sure, like me, or like uh, yeah, three by five, eight percent for me would be a very manageable session. It would probably kill Barney. Yeah, it would kill you. Yeah. Um, a more, if we were working at the same RPEs at that same, so if we do doing three by five and then we look at the percentages and we were both aiming at a seven RPE, mine might be eighty two percent and yours might be seventy five, seventy seven. It would be down five percent for sure. That doesn't mean you're working not working as hard because. When you take into account, when you're working tonnage and it's the reps times the weight times the distance travel, when you start to factor that in, then you're like, okay, I'm not working lighter than Luke. It's just he's I'm doing more work per rep than he is. And that needs to be factored into your overall training. Yeah, on paper, like my percentage
0: is lower or whatever. and it, But it's we're working equally as hard, you know. Um, it's one of the first things I noticed when I first started coaching properly many years ago and was like because back then it was like percent. it was pretty much all percentage base wasn't it it was like right you do you know week one five times five at 80 percent of one red max you know next week five sets four you know whatever and then you would just i remember just coaching and being like man some guys are like it's on the floor in a the pudding some guys are on the floor in a puddle like all over the place this is crazy and then over the years like yeah you've everything you've just said there all the factors Especially if like male, female, like, you know, I remember that being a real big thing. I was like, wow, I can just train women so much harder than than men. Just absorbing work. Absorbing work. But yeah, all the factors you've mentioned, like obviously play uh, play a play a role. And then yeah, like that's you know, something to take into consideration when you're talking about like not necessarily exercise isolation does come into it, but even there just to set some reps coming yeah. into it is like that's why, you know, Barney's not you know going to be doing necessarily the the same work as you know a lady you know, a, a shorter lady exactly exactly like you say distance travel is something to take into, uh, into into
1: consideration um the distance travel i remember the there was a study and it's like it's it's a perfectly plotted of uh, distance travel to amount of reps you get at a given percentage and it's just just like it's correlated so so finely that the shorter you are, the more reps you're going to get at 80% compared to a longer lift. Can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I remember like it was literally perfectly correlated. So if you're like five foot seven short femurs, uh, squatting at 80%, you might get 12, 13 reps. And you go all the way up and you travel it. You know, you're looking at the different distance, and it's all of a sudden six or seven. I'll give you a real life example. I've got the velocity tracker that tells you the distance travelled. Um, and when I squat, if I remember correctly, it's about 51, 52 centimeters um alex chalkley was 70 centimeters he's literally doing almost 50 percent it's like 40 percent the work yeah extra per rep to me so how can you not factor that in you have to factor out in don't you? and
0: i think as you as you get more experience as a coach i think that's one of the like key things is you know it's it's in-depth work like that it's managing the client managing the individual aspects of each person, like each person different. Each person's got, you know, someone's got a harder job than someone else. Yeah. Different stresses and somewhere
1: We're quite lucky here that it's it's fairly balanced, isn't it? With it being city centre, you've not got anyone that's worked in in the in the fucking coal mines. Yeah, for twelve hours, it's all fairly office based. But occasionally you'll get someone that is an office based and got a physical job. Yeah, and that is massive. Like the difference then is huge for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Um, anything else in regards to excise selection? Well, I think when you know, we get most people doing uh, you know, some form of squat and deadlift. Um, but you know, the the allocation of the volume after it is often very different. So like we said about Farnie, Kiki's in behind he's gonna love this out. Oh, he's, yeah, he's one. a superstar after uh, but we give him bell squat because, you know, he can allocate an extra bit of volume in there rather than because he's quite, you know, long legged. Uh, back squat can be quite a taxing exercise for him. So then he makes up his volume with the bell squat after. Someone else might not need that. And actually, like really tolerate a good amount of volume with more back squat orientated stuff. In Terms of leverage, biomechanics, yeah. low, like you know, the
0: difficulty of keeping that bar in the center of mass, and how long the femur is, the stress that's going to have potentially on lower back and things like that. Like you say, that's you know, that's a smart call where yeah. you know we we go fairly minimal volume on his back squat. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna destroy him. You might do three sets of five as an example, rather than five sets of five. And you do the extra couple of sets on the bell squat, take the load away, you know, take the shearing forces away from from the lower back, and get some extra volume through yeah. the legs. Easier movement
1: to get lower, a bit less technical less- as well. Why well, think about that? Just listen to uh, Yeah, compared to like Naz, who who are also a coach, and she like does her she does her back squatting, and she's like. Built very well for squatting like she's got quite short femurs she's a very good technical squatter as well yeah uh and then when she's finished her back squatting we do extra squatting we get to high bar squat well if you gave binds right body you've done your main squats but now you're going to do high bar squat for some extra work indeed be fucked yeah so you're looking at like who can handle it's the same with like you look at who can handle the most amount of work on deadlift and you know someone that's a little bit taller that's really bent over they're going to not be able to tolerate as much work as someone that's you know got longer like if you've got short arms trying to dead if you're not going to be able to handle as much deadlift volume compared to someone that's really well suited to the deadlift I think that's something that you need to take into account when you're allocating your different volume so if you're short arms you might do like a low amount of volume on your deadlift and then make up the work with another kind of hinge exercise okay so
0: if you're um you know
1: let's say there's someone listening who is still
0: a bit of a beginner they're trying to you know get their own programming etc or they're trying or they're thinking you know, right, what well, I want I wanna I want to squat, I want to back squat. Let's say that person really, you know, they're really tall, they're not particularly mobile, they're struggling to get down into position. I think for that person, what we're probably saying is work on your mobility, work on the patterns, by all means do it. Do it light, do it for low, you know, low to moderate volume, but then load up with other other exercises that are going to be more suitable
1: i don't want to give you another quote that i'm going to butcher but if you cook a steak and you don't cook it long enough you can always put it back in the pan if you've overcooked it there's nothing you can do it's, nothing. it's done isn't it so if you're starting out and you've got absolutely no idea you can't you can't go back. So. I would start with um, a quality over quantity approach with your with your back squatting. I would do like two or three sets, which is going to be more than manageable for the majority of people. It's a great quote. And then do absolutely, and then do a bit of extra volume work after it. And then after two or three weeks, start to you know assess how you feel. Like how is your performance in the gym? Are you still progressing? Do you feel pretty good in between sessions? Or if you're coming in and feel battered, then you probably need to reduce it down. But if you're finding you're feeling well recovered, you're feeling well rested, you could potentially then look to add a bit more training work yeah. as the weeks go on. But I think it's better to start slightly lower with a quality approach than it is to just go in full quantity, doing sets for the sake of it. Take the metrics.
0: How do you feel? Just as simple. And again, not to, you know, it's not a Barbell Club promotion, I promise, but that's one of the great things with the Barbell Club and like they kind of did the weekly coaching of how do you feel? the feedback and the importance we place on feedback you know how how's that person feeling right actually we can have a little bit more we can have a little bit more like you say you can always chuck it back in the pan go a little bit more well cooked but as say when it's burned it's burned and rudy who's um a phenomenal athlete who um uh, uh trains here at msc and you know he's a yeah does like super high like endurance guy um he's suffering suffering with like you know some tibialis pain and like onset of shin splints and he was like oh you know what should i do and i was like well you do the damage is done the damage the damage is done you've overcooked your steak uh so to speak um but you know certain things we could do recovery but essentially it's just time it's just time and then when we start back up again you know it's just a case of like that's exactly what i said was right i'm gonna do like off the you know minimal dosage running that you can get away with as for where you want to be. You're gonna replace you're gonna replace like, you know, eighty percent of that cardio conditioning with bike work, with rowing work. Then we're gonna nudge the percentages up a little bit, five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent. We start to build the running back up alongside appropriate strength work. Um and uh that kind of I think again ties in with your wonderful analogy. It's
1: the same with When you look at the different demographics, so we talked about the men and women with the different percentages on average. Um, You talk about age and training age, like, you know, younger people are going to have more work than others. But it all comes down to just finding, like, a starting point that's fairly conservative and then gradually building things back up based off how you feel. Um, So if you're younger, your training age is younger, you're going to be able to handle more volume. For multitude of factors, like the recovery is going to be a little bit better. You're probably going to be lifting slightly less. So your recovery and the amount of damage you're doing in the session is going to be less. Um, and that's something to take into account, but it all just dwells down to just starting fairly conservative. If you've got no idea where to start with setting up your own training block, obviously best option is get a coach. If that's not viable, then start fairly conservative with the amount of work that you're giving yourself and just allow things to progressively build back up. Monitoring the, the numbers and just making sure that you're feeling recovered. Most importantly, like you might feel a bit sore, but your performance is still going up. Yes. To me, that's enough. Keep keep training. But if you're finding that you're coming in, you're battered, your sessions are dropping, you recover your recovery metrics, your sleep suffering, you're probably doing a little bit too much and then you need to just get it back. But it's a lot easier to start slower and small amount of work and then progress it up versus the other way. Absolutely. I think that's probably a good place to, to well, stop. Matt's nudged us about ten times. And mean, how we can we need to call it a day. Uh, we'll do a part two but that's uh, no that's really interesting stuff and um, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of factors that come into to writing a problem a lot of individual differences that we need to take into account um, that is the that, that, you know for a young coach as well if there's any
0: young coaches listening there it's okay it's cool to know how to teach a squat. you know that's obviously essential it's important but that's only a very small part of the battle you know we can teach a squad we can teach a deadlift but can you manage someone's training program can you individualize it based on all of the factors we've discovered and everybody's different that's the key so basic rule of thumb for a lot of things stay the same but individual nuances are important to take into consideration
1: don't chase a thousand tails thank you for listening thank you for listening it's been
0: a pleasure to be back on the podcast and uh
1: We, uh, hopefully this makes it out this time. The last one didn't quite make it. Hopefully this one does under the guidance of young Matt. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Producer Matt. And we will see you on the next one. Ciao. Why did it have to...